0: Want to stream Cognitive Dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to DissonancePod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason.
1: And later on, we will be joined by Rebecca from Grief Beyond Belief. Um, It's an interesting interview. I think it's a necessary interview for our community. So stick around. We're going to have that at the end of the show. But beforehand, before we actually have a serious conversation, Cecil. God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All the people, anybody that she steered here is quickly turning this off. right? Yeah. because This is going to be a horror show for them.
1: If you accidentally heard about this show from a website by like a serious, well-meaning individual. Yeah. (laughs) I can assure you that you are in the wrong <laughs> place. The wrong like
2: This is like taking your grandma to the Tilted Kilt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is just, it's just a it's, bad uh, call. I just, don't know. It's more like taking your grandma to the strip club. But <laughs> that's a bad, well, maybe that's... Taking your grandma to the Glory Hall. There I mean, you let's go. let just be honest. <laughs> just, let's just go right there. The good thing is grandma enjoys it and so does everybody else and nobody knows. There. So it's great. <laughs> She's having a ball. She's you know, having a ball. The blast. thing is, you, you know
1: you're in trouble when you walk in with grandma and everybody recognize, you know, like, hey, <laughs> you know. And there's stuff in dollar bills in her pants and you're like, yeah. "What the fuck, grandma? Really?" <laughs> so this first story comes from the raw story, Kentucky boy raped by pastor church had hired because God forgave past sex crimes. Um Captain Redbeard here. Um, <laughs> look at his face, dude. I don't know what's going on there. What is going on there? Looks like the worst, splotchiest sunburn. Um, anyway, this guy uh, was a known uh, sex offender. He had uh, previously been arrested. The church knew that he had been arrested, convicted, not just accused, but convicted as a sex offender. Um, and the church knew it. And they said, hey, hey we're not here to judge. He loved Jesus. He was forgiven, so we hired him to be the pastor again. And he raped an eight-year-old. Right, sure. Yeah. Who could have
2: seen this coming? If
1: only there was a way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was like a part of the interview where he stood up and he's like, "I'll fuck anything that moves! <laughs> right? like, like, you seriously, like, the, the quote in here is is unbelievable.
1: They, they actually said, like, they reached out and the person says, like, hey, We are not here to judge. If Jesus forgave him, then so did we.
3: That's what
2: we have judges for. right? The judges already judged him, and they convicted him. You know, you don't even need to do it. Someone already did it for you. Plus, like, these churches are in the position of judging people. Right. Like, have you ever
1: met a—I mean, really, like, these fucking churches, a a Kentucky church, really? You want to tell me that— If this guy had walked in and he was, like, an effeminate homosexual man and was just—I mean, do you think he would have been warmly
2: received? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but just playing the odds here. I think it's interesting. You know, like, I mean, they go—this guy is a convicted child molester, violent—a violent sex offender, registered violent sex offender. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, come on. And, you know, he had already— Uh, repeatedly raped a 14-year-old boy in a previous congregation. And now he goes after that. It's like putting fucking Cookie Monster in charge of the cookie job. (laughs) He's like, cookie, cookie. (laughs) He just can't stop himself. These people are as bad at vetting people as John McCain. (laughs) You know, it's so funny, too, because I was reading
1: this article, and I'm thinking, like, here we are in a world where people qualified for, like, real jobs in the world are struggling to get positions that they're fucking vastly overqualified for. They're, like, desperately trying to get entry-level positions. Like a fucking data entry clerk, and they got fucking a master's in, you sure, know. So, sure, and, and this guy's, like, shows up to the church, like, well, you have anything we shouldn't— I, I kind of am a violent, convicted sex offender, but Jesus says it's cool. Yeah. And God, it's not like—what do they call his fucking reference? Where they're like, oh, hang on, let's call Jesus, make sure about that. Oh, no. Yeah. Jesus says you check out. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. Because the quote in here says, like, we're firm believers in the Bible. So if God's forgiven you, then we're in no position to treat you otherwise. And I'm thinking, okay, so the precondition is that God has forgiven you. But did you check? Like, did you vet that piece of the information? Because that's kind of the underlying assumption, right? That God has forgiven him.
2: As a violent sex offender, like, I mean, it's hard to get a job, like, mopping up cum at the glory hole. Right. You know what, I mean? like, like, what else do you do? Like, there's a, there are some some things that just you just don't get jobs afterwards. You're right. just Like, sorry, you just don't. I'm always surprised that, you know, you didn't do the background check. Well, in here, it's like they did the background check. And they still didn't care. <laughs> Let me rephrase. I'm always surprised when you ignore oh, the right?
1: background right. Like, what could have come up on that? Where, like, yeah, I, like, I eat babies and kittens. Like, I have a, I had a baby kitten muffled a sandwich earlier. I, like,
2: flew a plane into the trade tower. Oh,
4: right? so
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's these, the little-known 20th uh, hijacker. Like, right, he's got, right. like, the, oh, yeah, but Jesus, he was, like, down with he it. He forgave so. me. Because yeah, I, I said I was why. sorry. Right. I don't know what you could do. Right. It I doesn't mean, matter. That's the problem with sin and forgiveness, right? As yep. a, as a concept. It's yep. like there is there's literally nothing you can do. It's like yeah, I I fucking I rape kids, but I say and I'm look, sorry when I'm done.
2: You know, I'm all for I'm all for a justice system that is not vengeance based. Right. So I'm totally for, you know, you were a sex offender. You know, we don't kill sex offenders. We don't uh, indefinitely lock up some sex offenders. We just you know, you get released from prison. That's what happens. Now you can enter back into the workplace. But I am for precautionary measures where you don't put them into positions where they can do more harm again. So the fact is, is if they're you know, if they're proven to be a sex offender, you don't put them like in the fucking you know in a rape support group right, or something right you know you put them in a place where you're like okay fine yeah you can do this job this x job that does not put you in contact with children that's fine that's just great but if this guy's di- a, a kitty diddler you don't throw him into the kitty pool
4: you are in my power you are slowly going into a trance. you are getting sleepy Sweepy, sweepy, you are completely under my control. <laughs> I command you to be a, a a canary bird. Oh boy, it works, it works, it's a miracle. <laughs>
1: so this story is weird. It comes from Gawker. Uh this man's gaze is harmful to pregnant women. This is a uh little piece of gonzo journalism, kind of. Uh comes by uh by way of Katie Weaver, she she went to this, I don't know, see, so what would you call it, like a workshop
2: or? A, I don't know. It's just like, it's like fucking a Fabio convention or right? something. <laughs> he totally has a Fabio kind of look, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> he does. He's fobbing it out. And I love, too, that the gift that they use is him yeah. just blinking at you. Yeah, just staring and blink.
2: It's kind of disturbing, actually. I scrolled down a little so I don't have to look at it.
1: It's super weird. So the story is like this guy.
2: Um, What's his name?
1: Ah, he's got a funky
2: name. Brocco? Brocco. yeah, Brocco? Broccoli or something? Yeah. Brocco. Yeah. <laughs> he said Brocco sounds like somebody who's, I don't know, north of the wall. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> so th- this guy comes from Croatia, and he's got the fucking greatest scam in the world. Because his job when he wakes up in the morning is to look at people yeah. and then take their fucking money.
2: But some of the things that he can do, Tom, are pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, we should talk about the miracles that were attributed to uh, Bracco, either in direct conversation or sharing sessions, or from the Bracco-themed videos that play before each staring session for the three hours that this woman attended an all-day gazing event. So, Cecil, (laughs) a gazing event. So let's go over these miracles. I found some of them terribly convincing.
2: Yeah, my favorite is a woman's ovaries exploded which was necessary for them to heal. And the first thing I think, the first thing I think is like, you never hear that about anyone's eyes. You know what I mean? Like, their eyes exploded. I mean, you're using your eyes to look at this guy. Why would it work its way all the way into the body and blow up the ovaries?
1: I love the idea, too, that like one of your organs needs to explode in order to heal. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to use that excuse, but it never got me laid. The like, what doctor do you go to, too, that's like, well, The only solution to this is to explode your heart. Yeah. (laughs) Congestive heart failure? No, explosive heart failure. (laughs) Induced heart failure. That's awesome. Um, So this is this is pretty good. A uh, a woman did not scream even though there was a yellow jacket crawling up and down her legs. Well, that's great. So that is a miracle. That's a miracle. miracle That somebody had a bug
2: on their body and miracle. maintained their
1: composure.
2: <laughs> this a, not even, this one's better though. A woman woke up in the middle of the night and knew she had to follow Bracco to Hawaii. She ended up loving Hawaii. <laughs> you know, it's, like,
1: it's Hawaii. It's Hawaii. What, what circumstances like somebody paradise? In,
2: it is literally paradise.
1: <laughs> it, it, my, I could if my fucking wife could die in Hawaii and I could be traveling there to attend her funeral and I'd still be like Yeah, Hawaii was pretty great, though. (laughs) It's fucking Hawaii. Are you kidding me? It's phenomenal. Uh, Um, This one is good because it makes no sense. These are amazing. A woman's perennially single friend became wealthy.
2: Perennial single? She was
1: perennially single, and yet somehow she became wealthy. So that sort of suggests that, like, that single women can't become wealthy? But she didn't, like... The first part of the sentence doesn't even address the second part. Like, they don't have anything to do with one another. It could very well have read, a woman's perennially ugly friend bought a sandwich. Like, they're so disconnected. Yeah. Like, they, they don't mean anything. Um, but he has, he has technology skills, Cecil, that rival your own. Does he? He does, because a DVD of Bracco played on a loop on a DVD player that previously did not have the capacity to play DVDs on a loop. That's pretty amazing. So he fucking brought that shit home because, you know, there are still DVD players that don't have a repeat function. Yeah, evidently, um, somewhere, maybe in Croatia, because fucking in America that's not a true. So
2: oh, I like this one. A woman. Who doesn't really breathe that much or well breathe (laughs) deeply? I like that she doesn't (laughs) breathe that much. Like she just like I kind of only do once in a while. You know, I don't. I don't need to be breathing all day. I just you know take a couple gasps each day and I'm fine. Like all you other motherfuckers be breathing all day. (laughs) I don't do that
1: shit at all. (laughs) Oh, look at me using my lungs like a sucker.
2: (laughs) What are you? (laughs) They're the most (laughs) like lukewarm they're like non-miracles they're so awesome it's like that's like saying like a guy that normally catches all the traffic lights made a few traffic lights yesterday after he got stared at in the face by this guy
1: yeah they i mean it's like a woman's adopted daughter reached out to her birth mother and it went beautifully well i mean there were fucking two options like that sometimes that fucking happens
2: uh, it's like a woman didn't, thought she didn't start the dishwasher before she left to work, and she actually did start, start the, the dishwasher. dishwasher. Right. That's, <laughs> is, that's the level
1: of miracle attributed to Brocko. So awesome. Um, and it's awesome because he, on his own website, he says he makes no claims of being a healer and does not promise right, to cure right. anybody. And he only adds that people commonly report warm feelings and physical sensations during a gazing experience. So he's even like saying, like, this doesn't do anything. But you might feel good. Like, you might get placebo if I tell you that I'm a looking dude. And people show up and he just fucking looks at him and collects a
2: check. He's fucking the most brilliant human being alive. i tell you what. It's better than Popoff, because he's not even selling, like, get-out-of-debt-free water. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, Popov, he's putting himself into all kinds of positions, right? Popov's saying, you get this fucking holy water from me, and man, there's a chance you could get out of debt. That's a claim, right? So he's not even making any claims. He's like, eh. And he doesn't even have to bottle fucking water. He <laughs> has to do nothing. He doesn't even have to do anything. Like Popov had this elaborate scam where he's gotta have somebody talk to these people and then he's gotta like have a fucking earbud in, and then the earbud, the person behind is like, Hey, this is fucking Ruth and her fucking arm fell off last week or whatever, you know? Instead it's That's like this horrible. guy doesn't have to do anything but stand there and look you in the
1: face. <laughs> so amazing. It's so amazing. Um the the, the, they did say there's a disclaimer that says that women more than three months pregnant are forbidden from attending the gazing events due to the intensity of the experience. And I thought, like, why three months? Like, what is it about, like, I mean, it's obviously just horseshit, but, like, what is the idea there behind that? Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Is the baby firmly implanted in the womb? I mean, <laughs> if, oh, we're past the first <laughs> trimester. We're kind of in the out-of-the-woods stage. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't want to look at her then. I only like women who have a higher percentage chance of miscarrying coming to my events. <laughs> what, what is the three months? I don't even understand that. Like, is
2: she is she in her second trimester? Because I can't look at her. Maybe you know? he just doesn't want to be responsible for anyone's abortion, you know? <laughs> I like that, you know, it only costs $8, so it might be something that you could decide to go do uh, and not feel that bad that you're giving this guy a shit ton of money, but they-, they they calculated how much it was <laughs> and the guys making like basically about 13k each session it's amazing so you you know you got to pay the the hotel or whatever some money but if you get 200 people in the room for 8 bucks and it's like 3 hours they they said, she she figured it out she said it's about 300 bucks per minute he's making i could go, i could do that this is yeah. a job even I'm qualified. No one for. wants to look you in the face for more than a few minutes Tom. Which is great
1: because we'd have a three-hour <laughs> session, it'd be five minutes and then a two-hour and fifty-five minute lunch.
2: Yeah. A two-hour and fifty-five-minute donut
4: eating right. contest. <laughs>
2: and I would win. <laughs> you would win every time.
4: In the name of Jesus, we speak that. O
1: So, this next story, whatever, comes from faithit.com, where you can just Faith It. Faith It. Uh, The top five jaw dropping Christian videos in the universe. Now, I know it's going to be difficult for us to cover on an audio show. Uh, videos, but these are so fucking amazingly funny and so bad that we have to at least talk about this cecil
2: yeah so we 're going to play a few clips i 'm not going to play them all we 'll go through them this is this is the first one is number five it 's called Ren, the renewed mind is key and it, it was found on youtube and it 's from this faith it uh, faith it blog so here 's the first song it 's about thirty seconds long
4: the renewed I love the echo. And we live for him in our daytime and hour. We can stand upon the greatness of his word and proclaim the truth. We're gonna make it heard. We've got all the potential power God
0: could ever give. Now we stand upon oh. our legal rights, we only make them live. What was just said there? I that like don't something
2: know. about his legal rights. Yeah, I think there was a legal rights thing what is in legal there. Legal rights. It's I so don't know. Weird. It's because it's the renewed mind. <laughs> I mean, like the worst part is, is like what God should give you is not like your salvation. He should just give you auto tune. Like that's <laughs> what he should give you. He should give you some fucking voice
1: coaches and a fucking writing tutor, oh. um, and also some dance lessons. Because at yeah. two minutes into this, fucking old boy starts fucking rocking out some. Break dancing, oh. I guess, but it's it's so bad. Like, it's oh. it seriously is, like, the most embarrassing possible break dancing. And you know, you know this guy's like, wait, 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 wait. Check this shit out. And he's the only one in the room that has anything even remotely resembling a moves. And that's these why things, they let him do it.
2: These things are so embarrassing. They're more embarrassing than, like, your mother-in-law looking through your browser history. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so so we got a couple more here to play. This next one that we're playing is "Jesus is my friend." This one is like more like monkeys ish, I guess. I don't know. It's terrible. It's so bad. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my
3: cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. Jesus is a friend.
4: Jesus is my friend, Jesus is a friend of mine I have a friend in Jesus, Jesus is a friend of mine Jesus is my friend, Jesus is a friend of mine He taught me how to pray, and how to save my soul He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll The music may sound different, but the message is the same It's just an instrument to praise his name Jesus is a friend of mine, Jesus is my friend
1: that is That's the. That is a seriously <laughs> amazingly bad song. That is seriously so fucking bad. I like the. I like the line in that. My favorite line Cecil is where he says, "I've had friends before." It's like you had to tell people that. Yeah. Like, there's a point where people are watching
2: this thinking, "No way, this guy had a friend." Wait, <laughs> he had friends before. <laughs> well, and then like, like the way he says it, it's like past tense, like all my friends fucking don't talk oh, to right. me anymore. <laughs> it's a disclaimer, like, hey. Yeah. I had a black friend. All yeah. right.
1: You know, I got a black <laughs> friend so I can say really racist things.
2: I like it. It's like and Jesus won't let leave like leave you flat or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah, right. Yeah, sure, bro. Yep. Yeah. What, what was the last time Jesus fucking picked me up in my car fucking stall? I was going to say, like, did Jesus never help me move? Yeah, he never took me to the airport, <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Fucking Jesus ain't hey, my friend. He's a fucking freeloader. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to play. There's a number three is the arm wide open, and it's just a fucking Creed cover, and it's this douchebag walking around a park chasing geese with his arms open. It's very it's weird, though. Dumb as hell. Very weird. Okay, so now we're getting into the fucking super cringeworthy. These next two are so cringeworthy. This one is Crank Dat Holy Ghost, and it's set to this tune of Soulja Boy.
5: Up in my life, now I got to sacrifice. Demons on
2: the left, so I lean to the right. Then I pray that Holy Ghost. pray that Holy Ghost. pray that Holy Ghost. Pray that, Holy Ghost pray that Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost up in this thing. Get yeah, us who my idol be. No money in my pocket, but it's okay, cause my Bible will The word is what I'ma bring. All through every year. So, Demons, get your mind right. You think that you're scary, but. My well being twisted. I'm a holy scene for ransom. That's why in my life is missing. I'm a vulnerable Christian gaps to make it well known. I'm sixteen years old, but my
1: faithful role. Jesus Christ up in my life, now I got to sacrifice
2: What is he saying demons on the left? So I lean to the right? That's right, that's what he's, he's saying. Throwing yep. in a little
1: uh, little politics mixed up yeah. in the in this soldier yeah. boy, crank I that like holy that, ghost. Huh? That's yeah. nice.
0: Yeah, I yeah, like that. Demons on the left. you't yeah. watch Break. out
2: for him terrifyingly clever
1: yeah Yeah, he really he really nailed that i mean what a cover to pick soldier boy i mean
2: and soldier boy they superman dad home right and we we figured out what superman is it's when you come on her back and the sheets stick to it and she stands up and looks like superman (laughs) so it's a great it's a great song to pick i mean of all the songs you could pick I think that that's probably it. That's the one.
1: And don't you wonder when he was going to his pastor, whoever, like, gave him the $17 of production value that they needed to shoot this video? Like, and he was like, all right, all right. So I've been listening to the devil's music, yeah, you know, and I got this idea. We'll, we'll, we'll revamp the devil's music and we'll even throw in a little bit of politics in there for you. I, but I don't want to play. I don't want to tell you why I've been listening to that other stuff.
2: It's just yeah. research. It's research, just like the Internet (laughs) porn is research. Yeah, the Internet porn is research, too. Yeah. His faith is full grown, even though he's 16. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. his fucking songwriter. He's actually the, I will say, though, of
1: these that we played, his ability to maintain kind of a a little Weird L truth to the song is actually better than the rest of them.
2: So far, yeah. So So
1: far. But this next one. Might be a contender. Oh,
2: God. This one is, so so is bad. This one is super embarrassing. This is like, I don't know, your mother in law mistaking your fleshlight for a flashlight. <laughs> so so here it is. How many times <laughs> has that happened? <laughs> Let me tell you, it's better than playing her baby got book. So here we go.
0: Oh, my goodness. Becky, look at her Bible. It is so That's huge. Amazing. She looks like one of those preacher Shut guys' girlfriends. But who understands those preacher guys anyway? They only talk to her because
2: she looks like Mother Teresa. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. on. She looks like Mother Teresa. Like she's like a 90-year-old woman. She's actually dead. With like Like a headscarf on.
1: They only talk to her because she looks like a desiccated corpse. Uh. <laughs> I talk to her because she looks like the crib keeper. Because I'll tell you what, the, the people I gravitate toward in my life are definitely the Mother Teresa types. Yeah. Like- <laughs>
2: Remember, I spent a lot of time at the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, I my, was going to say retirement home, but it's Mother Teresa. It's the right. funeral home. My percentages are better there. I have to oh, admit. Like the- I wonder if it's like Mother Teresa now. So she's like weekend at Bernie's looking through her Bible. <laughs> like somebody's like moving her arms. And she's you got to clap her jaws up and down. <laughs> She looks like Skeletor She's like All right There we go We got a a little more
4: I mean look at it It's
0: just huge It's gross She just looks so Righteous
4: I like big bubbles And I cannot lie You Christian brothers Can't deny That when a girl Walks
2: in with a KJB In a bookmark In Proverbs You get stoked Got a name engraved So
4: you know This girl is saved It looks like One of those large ones With plenty of space In the margins Oh baby I want to read with you Cause your Bible's got pictures My minister trying to console me But that book you got makes me so holy Oh, mama mia You said you want coin
1: That's enough of uh, that I, We can't you, you, <laughs> can, you, I, you need to make me a promise right now That you will never do that again I know I found the story But I'm still somehow blaming you for that
2: uh, Okay, now I'm not trying to be a dick But if I saw somebody reading the Bible And I was a single person there is no greater like deterrent for me than if somebody had like like he's like you know you you love a girl as like fucking King James version with proverbs bookmarked or whatever like there would be no greater deterrent oh, no. for me yeah. if somebody was like openly reading the Bible dude that's like that's like dick deat yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is not. The last one's just dancing. So if you go there to look at the bonus one, the guy's singing a song or whatever and he's kind of like out of breath cuz he's dancing a lot, but it's it's mostly just him like doing kind of Michael Jackson moves. So it's not really anything I can play. Um, but these were really, really bad, and tons of people love these on Twitter. They kind of went crazy for them. There's right. a bunch of people sending these all over the place. They are amazingly bad. Like, and it's
1: so funny too, because like I love the one line in the Jesus is my friend when the guy's like, "Yeah, but I still get to play my rock and roll," and it's like, really? Because when do you start doing that? Yeah,
2: you, <laughs> when are you gonna get on there? Yeah, you haven't.
1: You haven't gotten there yet. I, I I'm just amazed at the just the complete lack of any creativity. Or musical talent that appears
2: evident in any of these awesome remakes. You know, it's funny, too, because it's like, it's like, this is the worst. I mean, I'm embarrassed to even hear this stuff. I couldn't imagine being a believer and being like, like, you know, it's like when you're riding down, you know, the streets of Chicago and you're playing some like sort of rap. And then you see the, the, the black guys on the side, and you kind of turn it down a little. You know, like, <laughs> right. like, could you imagine, like, you're driving by your church, and you're just like, oh, let me turn that crank, that Holy Ghost down just a little bit. Because you're even embarrassed around those people. Right? Yeah, there's no more fronting than this kind of fronting.
1: Like, this is fucking epic level fronting. Like, it's fucking <laughs> bad, but it's amazing. And if you get, you get a minute, check out some of the videos. You won't make it through all five of them. No, I, no. I would fuck it. I just put that out there. It, cannot, yeah. it simply
2: can't be done. There's like like tons of I was just squirming like crazy oh, watching this. I'm like,
1: oh, it's it's as hard to do as eating a fucking teaspoon of cinnamon. Story comes from the Civic Tribune. Uh, pastor fired after telling parents of dying girl that God was punishing them. Um, and this guy's like the worst person. Pastor Ward Bell of Bath County, Virginia, um, got in a little bit of trouble. This was a guy who um, took over the church. And as soon as he took over the church, he was so fucking offensive to the people in Bath County, Virginia, that the the membership in his church pretty much collapsed. He was fired um, from the Sheldon Valley uh, Church, and uh, Cecil he he walked up to somebody and said that their child was sick because of the horrific sins their parents had crea- had, had had done in their lives, and uh, that's why their kid was sick. Can you? Uh, I don't believe his medical advice.
2: I'm just saying. Yeah, well, like I, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's I, I doubt his really credentials.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not like he's looking at lab reports and saying that. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like he's flipping through, you know, a clipboard and he's like, huh? No, nope, says here. Came just came back from the lab. I'm sorry, but it's it's your horrible fucking parents. That's <laughs> yeah, what like, it says right like, here. Your CBC yeah, we, count is good, but your
1: cell yeah. count is off the
2: charts. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I get, I, maybe this might be controversial, I don't know, but aren't they kind of saying this kind of sh- shit every week, but instead of directly coming out and saying it, they're just being passive-aggressive about it? I mean, you know, really, when you sit into a fucking fire-and-brimstone type of church, and they say, you know, there's people in this audience that do some more horrible shit, and they're going to go to hell, blah, 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 and even if they don't say the people in the audience are get, they're still saying, these things will send you to hell. So, I mean, they're really just indirectly. This guy's, like, the only honest one who actually comes out and says, well, you. No, no, not fucking indirectly. <laughs> not, like, sort of, well, not you, Janice, sort of thing. Instead, it's like, no, Janice, you're going to fucking hell. Yeah, and it's like, I you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I guess I don't know enough of the Bible
1: to know. like. But my first thought is, doesn't the Bible say, that like, if you're fucking up, like, your punishment or reward is in heaven? Not just that like horrible shit's going to happen to you here and now, you know, because like because that's the get out of that's the get out of reality free card. Right. Is that we know that there are people who are very successful that are horrible and it's difficult to come up with a religious explanation. Like if God was really into reward and punishment on the earthly plane, it would be very difficult to reconcile the idea of all these. You know, really wealthy, successful, happy people who are also terrible fucking human beings. And There's many, many, many examples of them. So clearly God isn't being uh, given responsibility for those people, right? Because the the idea is, well, they'll get their just desserts in heaven. But this fucking poor family with a fucking sick kid who dies, by the way, fucking dies. um, They're all of a sudden getting their punishment meted out, not only in the eternity of hell that they will certainly experience, according to this asshole, but also their fucking earthly life is trashed? Like, how do you reconcile that? Like, how do you put that together in a way that makes sense? So we're going to take a break and give you all the information that you need to contact the show and become a patron of the program, and we'll return in just a few moments with some more stories and then uh, our interview with Rebecca from Grief Beyond Belief.
0: Want to contact the guys? Or click the link on the podcast homepage, and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per-episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big, heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So
1: this story comes from Think Progress. Um, Mayer seeks to ban same-sex couples from kissing in public. Uh, the mayor of an Italian town um, of Borgia Gosia. That's perfect. Fucking, I think that was that right is exactly on. it. I actually don't think I
2: Borgia Gosia. Hey, that's how you welcome say it. To Borgia Gosia. That's, that's how you um, say it. Bobbery boopbery boopbery
1: That's awesome. Is um, seeking to ban public kissing because, between members of the same sex, calling the behavior morally harmful, and the fine is fucking 500 euros for Jesus. a public smooch. Um, so that's kind of outrageous. And you know, like, this is just a dude who doesn't want his fucking boner sticking out of his pants. Like, this is a guy who's <laughs> embarrassed that he no longer has an algebra book to put in front of it.
2: Right, right. That's the you only know, I, reason. We, we did get a comment on uh, on this on Facebook, which I liked, and it was basically like, yeah, this guy in a tiny little fucking shithole is saying you can't uh, kiss in public, but instead what what this I think progress does is put a picture of Rome on I know. <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like it's like saying, you know, like somebody in fucking bumfuck Mississippi, you know, basically saying you can't kiss in public. And then two guys kissing in front of the bean in Chicago right, exactly, or something, you know, right. it's it's ridiculous. But, you know, besides the picture, um, I think it's weird to me that uh, to find a country that is in Europe that is less progressive than us. It always feels weird to me when we stumble across these sort of anomalies, right? It feels to me like you're just like, I, I mean, I know that this isn't true, but it would be, it feels to me that you should just walk over to Europe and be like, I would like a gay marriage, please. And they'd be like, bobity bobity. And they just like hit a thing and they just give you the gay marriage. Oh my God, like, it's amazing. So, I want to go get a gay marriage just so that somebody would go bobity bobity on me. Hey, forget about uh, it. Bobity bobity bobity. And then they just, Click a thing and then you're good. You just go. That's what I figure. But instead, it's like it says, um, though most Italians support civil unions for same-sex couples, the Italian government does not recognize their legitimacy. The Italian Senate is expected uh, to debate on the issue in September. But I'm just shocked by that. I figures – I always seems to me – but I guess oh, Italy is one of those more conservative nations than other nations, mainly because they got the fucking the pulpa down yeah, there. So that's
1: I mean, and that's that's got to be the reason. Right. I mean, Italy is sort of I mean, it's obviously culturally pretty conservative because the church is fucking right there. It's like it's like, you know, they, they probably want to be more progressive, Cecil, but it's like your dad is always looking over your shoulder. Right. There's no right? way
2: you're bringing your girlfriend back to your room. right. Exactly. There's no way it's going to happen. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you could have a girl over. Uh, where are we gonna sit? Yeah, uh-huh. we're gonna watch fucking a Disney movie. Yeah. yeah, no problem. I'll play
1: Uno with you guys. Like Jesus, ugh. you talk about a boner killer, right? Dad, God, come on,
3: Dad.
2: Man. Be cool. I a blow job.
3: <laughs> I hope you're as committed to safe sex as you are those abs.
4: I know you're all about that abstinence thing, you know. But I mean, come on, p- p- be Palin. Are you serious? Like you're not gonna hook up with like before you married for real? For real? For real? For real.
3: For real, for
1: real, for real. Oh, this is great. This, this, looks, this is a shot This is just point. short. Just real short, yeah. Um, this is from RichardDawkins.net. GOP candidate who supports abstinence only learns it doesn't work the hard way. Um, that's pretty funny. Uh, meet Bill Cassidy. He's a state congressman from Louisiana. He was a big abstinence-only proponent, um, and uh, he very recently put out a notice that uh, his 17-year-old unmarried daughter is unsurprisingly pregnant and Cecil from this photo his eyes are furious about it
2: maybe he's like that guy earlier who stares at people (laughs) maybe he just stared her pregnant (laughs) you don't know it's impossible to know for sure this guy needs to buy a blink though like (laughs) good god he's he's fucking intense (laughs) he's like the clear eyes sponsor you know what I mean like some That's awesome. Super I like close that up. they tried the hope-based contraception. Yeah, That's right? good. Those, the right? hope-based one doesn't work as much as the evidence-based
1: one. But you know, good luck to you on that. It's I just think it's so funny when this happens to these guys
2: because yeah. it's not it's not really hypocrisy, it's just inevitability. Sure, yeah. It's just all it is is the evidence playing out, right? Right. Um I have I really, to be honest, I I don't care that people in the world practice this uh ideology then, turn to their children and say, "Look, this is how we teach this in our house, whatever you know where I, I want you to have a you know I want to make sure that you are um, you don't ever touch another person until you're married and then only do it like once every six years then um, you know whatever it <laughs> right, is whatever right, they ought to tell these, these people because I don't care what individuals do I mean why should I care?" Uh, I just don't want it taught in schools because it doesn't work you know what I mean like I just want all I want is something that works like that's all I want is something that works and you know look at that story we did either last week or a couple of weeks ago, Colorado giving away some fucking free birth control suddenly all the teen births start dropping off all the teen abortions start dropping off man that's what you want you just want to, you want a nation that is not going to you know you don't want to have give children the opportunity to fuck up their lives when they are um really. Vulnerable to fucking up their lives right. and having a kid when you're, I'm, not, you know, maybe it's controversial to some people, but I think it's, I think you're fucking up your life when you're having a kid in high school. I think that's difficult. It's a, di- you're, you're stacking the deck against yourself. You're not going to make it easier by having a kid in high school. It's not like, you know, it's not like you look at the president of the United States, and be like, you know, man, he's so lucky. He felt so good that he fucking he he fucked that girl and had a kid when he was fifteen. Right. You know what I exactly. mean? That, that doesn't happen. Right. So, uh, so I just think like. You know, you're just stacking the deck against our kids I and mean, you don't need to do that. There's, there's better forms of, of uh, sexual education out there. And, you know, all this evidence will just keep mounting. And this guy, you know, clearly has evidence that his daughter was mounted. So. <laughs> Nicely done.
5: It is altogether right to discriminate against
1: homosexual behavior. So this story comes from the Raw Story. Christian radio host fears Iowans may be forced to eat gay pride burger. Um, So Burger King recently came out with, uh, I guess, commercials, the Pride Whopper, the Proud Whopper. Um, It's a series of commercials where basically they're like wrap up a burger and it's like, yeah, it's fucking it's a gay hamburger, but they're all the same. It's a rainbow wrapper. Buy a burger. Um, And fucking Brian Fisher, Brian Fisher, unsurprisingly, all worked up about this, Cecil.
2: Yeah, let's play him. He's, this is from his uh this is courtesy of Right Wing Watch and it's the Brian Fisher on the Brian Fisher Crazy Nut Show.
5: Maybe you heard about this um Burger King coming out with what they're calling the Proud Whopper. Now, it's just in just in San Francisco right now and we're thinking about doing something about this as an organization, some kind of action alert to get the attention of the Burger King establishment, the the Burger King Poobahs. They call him the Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need he another title. Call,
2: his name is the Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you got to admit, though. Are you awesome to send a message to? Him? Be like, dear the Burger <laughs> King, your highness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the problem is, your though, Cecil, you can't get right to
1: the Burger King. you got to, you know, the, the marketing guy is the Burger Duke
2: you got to go to the Burger Earl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so difficult to penetrate all these layers of of aristocracy burgers.
2: It's, it's, it's just, impossible. It's, what is wrong with the Burger King bureaucracy? <laughs> I can't get the king on the phone. <laughs> God damn it.
1: Pass me through to the Burger King. I'm tired of dealing with these burger princes and
2: princesses. I've been on the phone with him for an hour.
1: <laughs> you can't get three. Slam the phone down
2: and disgust. You beat me for the last time, Burger King. I declare war on Burglandia. <laughs> Where is that Burger
1: Castle? For I shall storm it and eat of its delicious contents.
5: Uh, all right, so there's more, this guy. <laughs> but this one Burger King restaurant in San Francisco came out with something called the Proud Whopper, and it's uh, got the rainbow colors on it and all that. And they even produced about a two minute sort of internet uh, or web based commercial. A two minute
1: internet. <laughs> a two minute internet. I don't know. It was as long as it takes me to fuck my wife, so I think it was about
5: two minutes. <laughs> it's like a two
2: minute internet.
5: <sighs> I'm not really a commercial, but it's just kind of a little feature on the introduction of the Proud Whopper in San Francisco. And you had people in tears. They were so touched by this thing that they were in tears. Now, the concern, obviously, is if this isn't bottled up in San Francisco, this kind of nonsense, then it's going to be spreading across the entire Fruited Plain, and you're going to be going to your Burger King in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're going to have a rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper. Oh, my God. You know, and i got to tell you, the Proud Whopper, i got to tell you, I think this is a marketing... I think this is a a, a marketing mistake. I think it's a bonehead move from a marketing standpoint. Because I got to guarantee you, when people sit down to eat a hamburger, the last thing they want to be thinking about is two guys having sex.
2: (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. These people sound like they were locked up. Like clockwork orange style right. in some sort of gay mansion where every time they see the rainbow, they're subjected to like mental images of some guy balls deep in another guy. So then every time there's a fucking a rainbow somewhere, they immediately collapse and go into convulsions. So it's like, oh, God, a rainbow, a rainbow. Well, I'll tell you this much.
1: Whenever I whenever I meet somebody and I find out that they're married, I immediately picture them fucking. Yeah, like, that's right. the that's first thing. Like, sure. And in fact, it's the only thing that I can think about when I think about the idea of two people being, like, in love with one another. I'm just like, I wonder what it looks like when they fuck. Like, I gotta—it stops me from eating as many meals as no meals ever. But I'm just <laughs> saying it.
2: <laughs> Whenever I walk into, like, a jewelry store and I just see the wedding, wedding ring section, I just whip out my, my penis and masturbate. Right? just it's so hot. <laughs> To the idea <laughs> of someone having sex, right? <laughs> Who can blame you, Cecil? It's not like, you know, it's a fucking, it's a rainbow fucking wrapper. That's it. That's the only, and that's the fucking, that's the gist of it, because when they open it up, they're like, oh, they're all the same on the inside. Oh, isn't that great? Oh, they're. Gay, some are gay, some are straight, but they're all the same on the inside. That's the fucking point of the whole thing, dumbass. But instead, it's all it is is just a rainbow-colored wrapper. Yeah, they're not not dick-shaped chicken tenders. It's not a dick-shaped burger that shoved (laughs) through a fucking bowl, with a fucking bun that's got a hole in it covered in mayonnaise. Like, it's not—it's just a fucking burger,
1: dude. Yeah, and you don't have to do anything. Like, if you don't like the way the wrapper looks, you can do what everybody does with the wrapper and throw the wrapper away. Sure, and you're not required to like fucking deep throat the bird. Right. It's not like you know? somebody's saying, like, uh, it's three ninety nine or you can go fuck this dude. Like yeah. what? <laughs> Wait, what? They don't have like the cast of fucking that fucking village people standing around serving <laughs> these things. Every time you eat one of these,
2: you have to fist your own anus. <laughs> I'm sorry. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. To you them. want answers I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This story
1: comes from the raw story. Um Fucking what do you do with this? Minnesota Republican bases economic agenda on theory that sperm enzymes in the anus cause AIDS. I just said that out loud, by the way. Do you want to hear him say it out loud? Let's hear it. Let's hear this theory. I'm sure it's a good one.
2: It's a great one.
4: My name is Mike Fry, and uh, I speak as a concerned Minnesotan father and, and a husband. And uh, the thing about same-sex marriage is that people who are married do have sex. And when same-sex uh, people are married, they do have sex. There's something called sodomy. Sodomy, defined in Minnesota, is sex by or with the mouth or, the, or through the anus. When there's ejaculation into a, into a vagina, there's a barrier there, as in your packet it states there, of a cellular tissue that doesn't allow the sperm that has an enzyme at the head of it to penetrate the blood flow. It is designed to go to the egg. That enzyme is designed to burn the outside membrane of the egg cell, go inside the egg, and then deposit the DNA, we call that conception. When the ejaculation occurs inside of a colon, it's highly absorbent material, the cells do not have a barrier for the sperm and those enzymes to enter into the blood flow, when the enzymes enter into the blood flow and a continued prolonged um, um, environment to that happens, these enzymes into the blood flow it causes what we know as AIDS, uh, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, and. AIDS, of course, brings on common uh, diseases, colds, and, and things, and it, it magnifies them to a point where it's unhealthy. <laughs> Not only does it strengthen the disease within the carrier of AIDS, but it also, with a person that has a destroyed immune system, but it also strengthens the disease that can be spread to the society at large. That's enough. We yeah, don't we
2: really that. don't. yeah, we really don't. We really don't. What, I, I love that you can just go to fucking these things and just make shit up. I mean, you just fucking make it up. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, little known fact, fucking ejaculate is tiny little gnomes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> little AIDS gnomes. They sing a little fucking yeah. gnome song while they're in there. They're just like, hey-ho, hey-ho, it's off to AIDS we go. We'll fuck up your life. And blah, blah, blah. Just like, What's going on in there? They're not mining for fucking diamonds.
2: You know, a little known fact, but Ejaculate is actually nanobots, <laughs> and uh, they turn your anus into a cyborg. No, I, I, did,
1: <laughs> I did write this down. If you'll turn to page 17 in your uh, in your packets, you'll see that because I wrote it down,
2: it is clearly yeah. true. <laughs> when you get fucked in the ass, you get turned into robocop. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You just, like, make anything up you want. You just anything up and you just you could just say it and they, and you know the thing is, is if I played it through all the way through to the end you'd hear they'd be like thank you like nobody says anything nobody's like um that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard <laughs> like nobody throws anything at him he just stands up and walks away They're like thank you next speaker at least
1: none of the parts of what he said not one is true I love the idea that your sperm like goes in and like burns the shell of the egg like it's like got like a fucking arc welder on the front of the thing
2: like <laughs> Burning through it's the thing. It's like case. an IED. They like plant like a little thing on the front, like, back up, buddies, back up. Okay. Boom! Okay, get in, get in, get in. <laughs> cover your corners, cover your corners. <laughs> cover the flank.
1: It's amazing. Give me a break. It's a fucking war in there. I tell you. And he spends so much time, like, when it's deposited in the colon
2: after a long, I repeated. <laughs> It's like your rusting. dick is like a, a venom spitting cobra. You know what I mean? Like you just can't control it. It's just like, ah. So we're joined by Rebecca Hensler from the Grief Beyond Belief website. Rebecca, thank you for joining us.
3: You're welcome. Thank you. Uh,
2: So uh, if people are unfamiliar with what what Grief Beyond Belief is, could could you let them know what you do?
3: Sure. Grief Beyond Belief is an online network that provides support for people who are grieving without belief in God and without belief in any kind of afterlife. And that's as basic as it is, that's sort of the simplest definition. Um, we have a number of different online venues at this point, um, but they all serve that same essential purpose: to create a space so people peer to peer can support each other.
1: So, Rebecca, I, I I wanted to ask you. I was I was looking at your at your page um, and your Facebook page. Your Facebook page, by the way. Um, has really exploded. It's got over 11,000 mm-hmm. likes on it. Um, so it's clear that there's a, a real need for this, this community um, on the online space. But I was, I was curious if, if people who were members of this community um, had at all um, done any meetups or get-togethers or formed support groups that, that sort of the uh, online community helped to create or foster.
3: Well, that's a great question. Um, We have done sort of I've done one kind of experimental uh, grief support workshop at Skepticon last year. And that's one thing I'm interested in doing a lot more of is going to conferences And doing a workshop at the conference, because at any given atheist, secular, skeptic conference, there are a substantial number of people who are going through some sort of recent or, you know, or grief that they're still living with. And um, that seemed to be really helpful for the people who attended it. The thing about just doing meetups is that. Grief support is a little different than just a discussion group. One of the things that's a little different is that we don't all know how to differentiate what someone who's grieving, what someone who's grieving but also depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, you know people express uh, suicidal thoughts sometimes when they're grieving. And so I have a little concern about sort of people just saying, okay, let's all get together and talk about our grief without anyone there who has any expertise in addressing some of those issues. So you know, I asked earlier, I said I would like to talk about where we're going in the future. I think one of the places we're going in the future is that we need to figure out how to take advantage of the fact that there are all these atheist and secular groups, including the whole uh, Sunday Assembly movement, including humanist congregations, but also including just your local atheist rabble-rousers. Those groups now have the structure to provide a space for a grief support group and to do the promotion for a grief support group. What's missing is having people who are trained to facilitate those groups. And so we really need to look at how do we contact people? How do we find people who are either secular themselves or want to learn how to provide grief support specifically for secular grieving people? And bring them together so that we can use the infrastructure and have the appropriate services. Do you have a background in this? So I have a master's in counseling. That's because I'm a school counselor. I was already a school counselor when I got interested in this issue. The thing is, I didn't come into the issue of grief support, uh, Consensually, shall we say, Uh, most people who get involved with the issue of grief do because something happens to them. And I had no idea when I decided to become a school counselor and, you know, get my degree in counseling. um, Obviously, that I was going to go through what I have, which is that my own son died. Um, But I do think it was useful to have. Me have that background already, if only because it gave me a sense of what the issues were we could come up against.
1: So finding secular therapists in general can be a significant challenge. Um, even you know, we 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 were looking for uh, somebody for our son at one point just to help him through some school and other issues that he was having, and mm-hmm. you know, even that, you know, even something as simple as as that sometimes can be terribly challenging. I would I would imagine that. The, the field of, of uh, psychiatric care um, and counseling for, for grief workers would be even more inundated primarily with, you know, people of a religious bent. Do you find that to be the case with people that you've spoken to?
3: It really depends where you are. I mean, that's the thing is it isn't that difficult to find someone who either is themselves secular or you know, has some experience providing uh, mental health care for people who don't have religious beliefs. If you're in an urban area, if you're in New York, if you're in Boston, if you're in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Seattle, that completely changes when you're in the middle of the country, when you're in the Bible Belt, when you're in the South. What we see is people have an incredibly difficult time finding mental health care, finding someone to officiate a funeral with no religion involved. And so those are some of the needs that we're looking at. Right now, when we recognize that someone, you know, needs uh, professional mental health care, or when someone says, to us, hey, you know, I've decided it's a time at which I really need to see someone who's trained. Um, right now, what we do is refer them to the Secular Therapist Project, um, which is this amazing website that provides um, uh, referrals to therapists who will partic- who will specifically do uh, secular mental health care Uh, for for example the service of uh, officiating funerals one of the things that's on our new website that launched this summer is a directory of uh, funeral officiants they're humanist celebrants uh, cfi certificated celebrants um, people who are able to do funerals with no religion involved which is awesome
2: So I noticed that you have two Facebook pages. One of them is a private page and one's your main page. What's the difference between those two pages?
3: Good question. Um, The public page started first. And I think that really provided a couple opportunities. One was people really were able to show their support. And the thing that happened when I first launched the Facebook page was that pretty much All the top secular bloggers out there. I mean, Hamant and Greta Christina and Adam Lee and all the people who are really up there in, you know, in terms of having a very large audience showed this immense support. Um, I know I'm going to feel I've forgotten people's names and they're going to be like, hey, what about me? (laughs) But seriously, everyone showed incredible support to the project. And so we got thousands of likes on Facebook, not from people who were themselves grieving, but for people who recognized that it was an important issue and who were glad that, um, that the project had started. So for a long time, what we had was this Facebook page, which allowed both people to interact with each other and also for me every day or so to send out a link or a question or a quote something about grief. From a secular viewpoint. Uh, And people would respond and would comment and interact with each other in that way. Facebook has made some changes in the last few years. And of course, one of the things they've done is to try and make it more lucrative for themselves. They've made some changes in how the pages are structured. So It's really frustrating, actually. You have to get people to like your posts if you want anyone to see them. So they're really trying to get people to spend money on promoting their posts. At the same time, because the page had so many people who were aware of it, we built up a critical mass, enough people who were aware that when we said, it's time for us to create a private group, There were people who were, it was exactly what they wanted. They wanted a way to interact with other people who were both secular and grieving. It's not just, some of them were closeted atheists, and those people obviously wanted to be able to reach out for grief support without their non-atheist friends on Facebook seeing what they were doing and saying. There are also people... The thing is, when you're grieving, you don't necessarily want everyone to know everything you're thinking. There are things you feel like sharing with other grieving people that you don't necessarily want to share with everyone you know.
2: I can imagine that would be very a very difficult time. And it, it, it seems to me that that would be the time that most people uh, would have the hardest time not saying something. That you know, when someone's dead that's close to you, uh, it seems to me that that's the most vulnerable time uh, and the time that you would want to sort of tell people how you feel about this um, so I could see where they would want to have some sort of privacy there.
3: That is a really good point because people get very emotional and it's easy to be hurt when you're grieving your, your emotions are much more fragile. Um, One of the things that we feel really strongly about is that it is not a time where you want conflict. And so within the closed group, one of the things we're pretty strict about is we don't have any debate. We're not there for people to discuss, you know, some of them believe in this, some believe in that. There are people who say, oh, how can you have a grief group and are, you know, then not let anyone in if they have religious beliefs and were, you know, uh, abridging their freedom of speech? And well, that's it's like, ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is really ridiculous. I'd be like saying like <laughs> the,
1: a grief group at the local temple or mosque, you know, I mean, they. they
3: and that's the point. And that's, that's the absurd. point I frequently make is that if there's a grief group in a church and there's an expectation and everyone in that grief group is going to be of that faith. This is, you know, not a pub. This is not the public square. This is a private space right. that is specifically safe. And it's hard for people sometimes to understand. Sometimes it's even hard for other atheists to understand how necessary it is. But then I see what people who are grieving surrounded by religionists experience. And then that always makes me ha- aware of how important what we're doing is.
1: So in, in your opinion – How is the experience of grieving as a secular person different than it is for religious people?
3: I think the primary thing that's different is that we grieve with the knowledge that death is permanent. We are not expecting ever to see our loved ones again. We don't think that we can contact them we don't think that if we pay the celebrity psychic enough m- <laughs> money that we're going to be able to talk to our loved ones again i don't believe that my son is an angel i don't when i talk about the day my son died i don't call it his angelversary or the day he got oh, his oh rings.
1: my god Do people I use that terminology I, angelversary
3: Angel. Not only do people use oh. it, this is, uh, <laughs> I, my son died of a relatively rare condition. Um, and there is an international organization mm. to support families who have children with this condition. Unfortunately, this organization has chosen the name Cherubs, which refers oh. to yeah. both the angelic, wonderful, you know, angelic children who live or the babies who have become angels. And literally, if this page, this, this organization does this memorialization of children who have died of this condition, however, I can't participate in that because the only way to participate is if you're willing to have the anniversary of the day your child died, referred to as their angelversary. And I'm like, I don't care how important, you know, I just can't even imagine letting anyone call the day my son. So that's what's different is.
1: That's terribly insulting. And I
3: get that that is comforting to people. I saw that before I started Grief Beyond Belief. I mean, why I started it was that I had gotten so much support from online. Um, uh, this parental grief support group uh, that has a really awesome online presence. Um, It's a huge group. It's worldwide. Um, But over and over, I was getting exposed to people who were grieving in this way that was very different from me because they were constantly saying, well, when I see my child again, and I'm not grieving with the belief I'm going right. to see my child again. Have
2: you always been secular?
3: Um, well, I was raised a secular Jew. And, um, you know, so I wasn't raised, I was raised with Jewish traditions, but no belief that any of it was literally true. Um, and then when I was in my late teens and 20s, I acquired some... California woo, you know, <laughs> I had, I had a assortment of spiritual beliefs that didn't relate to any particular yeah, religion. Yeah. Um, and then in my thirties, um, actually, uh, Greta Christina, who is a very old friend of mine, when she started doing skeptical and atheist writing, it really made me stop and think, am I really going to spend my whole life believing things for which I have absolutely no evidence just because I kind of like them? Uh-huh. You know, once I thought about that, some I, I'm kind of the sort of person who once that had occurred to me. I couldn't just sort of go, oh, it's too hard to give up these ideas. I like them so much. Uh-huh. I had to just kind of go, wait a second, I'm a grown-up. I can't believe these things just because they make me feel a little
1: better. When I've experienced you know grief and, and, and loss in families that are um, you know religious they will they will often do the thing where they comfort each other by referring mm-hmm. like you mentioned by referring to... Um, you know, to, to sort of supernatural concepts, you know, like they're in a better place, they're in heaven, and they're trying to be kind to you. There is nothing mm-hmm. of malice, generally speaking, there. Um, yet for a lot of uh, of secular people, they can find that kind of galling and meaningless and and so I think that there's that's not going away. Right. I mean, that's not it's not like mm-hmm. you're going to tell all your friends and family, hey, I just experienced this terrible loss. If you could refrain from inadvertently insulting me, that would be great. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious kind of of your thoughts about how to negotiate that, you know, for people who are experiencing grief within a religious family or within a religious community.
3: It's such a complicated question, because it doesn't just have to do with the question of religion versus atheism, it also has to do with what kind of family you're from and how you relate to each other. How important is it to you to have them know how you feel? How dangerous is it? I mean, you know, are you in a situation where you're really dependent on your family? And if you or You know, for example, the people who we all know now that there are people who are clergy members who have no longer actually literally believe. And so, you know, there are people who'd risk losing their jobs. There's sort of all these complicated things going on. People have to make their own decisions and they do. They make all these different decisions about it. I mean, one member of our community, um, he received these really appalling things in the mail from um, from the funeral home the funeral home started sending him sort of evangelical stuff including literally a physical cross in an envelope Um, and so for him he felt like he really had to write back to them and say, look, my family is not religious. This is upsetting us that you're sending us this stuff. You need to not assume that everyone has the same beliefs. That was really brave. But other people are going to make different decisions. And one of the things within Grief Beyond Belief is that we support each other. We might not think that what someone is doing is how we would do it but we're not there to criticize each other's decisions we're there to provide support and i think one of the things about having a secular support group is that it's actually easier for people, and people do say this, it's easier for them to cope with religious family, with being in parts of the country where they're surrounded by religion, if they have one place they can go and be understood. And I hear that over and over again is, you know, this is the place I can go where I know that I'm not going to be told that this is God's plan or that he's in a better place.
2: Now, you have a pretty extensive uh, grief library on the website. Um, If someone was dealing and trying to deal with grief, is there any go-to books that you just can pull right out right now that you would say, this would be the one that I would go to probably first?
3: Um, That's a great question. There really isn't anything that I can think of. Right now, I'm actually in a process of reading a lot of what's out there in terms of of books about grief, there's sort of two things. One is there are a lot of books about grief that have uh, spiritual content. Then there's also the fact that there's a lot about grief that doesn't have any real evidence to back it up. So I'm in this process of trying to see what is out there with real evidence to back it up. And so I don't feel quite ready to comment on like, well, I think that this guy's right, or this I guy's see. right, or yeah. this woman is the one who's really figured this out. At least there are people who are doing research and who are really looking at this as a question that can be answered, at least. Somewhat through uh, through actual scientific research rather than a sort of making up theories. What we know for example is Kubler Ross's stages of grief. There's not only not evidence for it. There's evidence that shows that it's not what people actually experience and hmm. um, One thing, you know, the reason part of why I'm doing this research right now is that um, Greta, Christina, and I are actually sort of setting out on the beginning of uh, co-writing grief, a um, self-help book for people who are grieving without belief. And so I'm really excited about that project, but part of what I want to do first is really make sure that I have a strong background. It turns out to be really hard to educate yourself about grief.
2: Well, this is amazing work that you do. Um, if people were going to be uh, looking for these things, uh, where's the best place they could go on the Internet?
3: The website is griefbeyondbelief.org, and um, we really do have a link library of over 250 links that... Our grief writing, some of it from a psychological point of view, some of it research, a lot of it just personal stories, a lot of blogs, a lot of articles. I wanna say a lot of personal stories over and over again um, on very different grief experiences. Some of the writing is specifically about grieving as a non believer, most of it is about grieving. And I've essentially read all these things and sifted out all the religion and spirituality and woo and pseudoscience. So if you want something to read that you know you're not going to get halfway through it and have the person be talking about how Jesus is the only, you know, (laughs) comfort for grief— This is a place you can go when there's so much to read and podcasts to listen to and videos to watch and where you know that it isn't going to involve spirituality. Um, So I really recommend if you're looking for something to read or to watch to look at our library.
1: Well, I'll tell you, we're so grateful that you have this website and that you're doing this work because clearly it's tapping into a need that the secular community has. Um, So having that resource available is just
3: invaluable. I started this because it was something I needed. Uh, And then I found out that it was what a lot of other people needed as well.
2: Yeah, it's really great. And thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll we'll definitely put a link uh, on this episode, episode 164, to uh, the website and to the Facebook page so people can get in touch with you.
3: Thank you so much. So we want to thank...
2: Uh, Rebecca Hensler for joining us today. Uh, She runs a website called Grief Beyond Belief. You can find it at griefbeyondbelief.org. We're also going to link to the Facebook page for Grief Beyond Belief. Uh, It's going to be on this week's show notes uh, episode 164 at dissonancepod.com. We want to thank Rebecca for coming on. She is such a great project that she's working on, and we we wish her the best of luck. And uh, we hope that if you are struggling with these things, um, you'll reach out and uh, contact this organization and, and use some of the resources that they've already gone through the the great trouble of of, of locating. This is a this is a valuable resource for people who are dealing with this difficult stuff, and uh, and we can't we can't give it high enough praise. So uh, so that wraps it up for this week. We're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptics Creed.